Amen. Amen. We want to welcome you into our midweek Bible study right here at Liberty Christian Church International, where our motto is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If you can do me a favor on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever you may be watching from, just go ahead and share this on your page. Invite somebody to join in with you. Invite somebody to partake in learning the Word of God. We, we're encouraged here by the Word of God in our study of the Word of God. And we started a brand new series last week dealing with encounters with Jesus. And we're going to continue on with that. But I want to open us up with a word of prayer. I'm going to give you about 10 or 15 seconds to go ahead and uh, invite somebody to join in with you. I promise you I won't keep you long tonight. Give me about an hour. Give me about an hour of your time while you're cooking dinner, while you're doing other things, while you're, uh, while you're tending to the children and your spouses or whoever you may be sitting there with. Please make sure you get your Bibles and your and your notepads, your iPads, your cell phones, whatever you may have, to take notes. Once again, welcome. Let us go before the throne of grace. Let us go before the throne of grace on this evening. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the ability to share with one another. We thank you, God, for bringing us safely through today to this point and to this hour and to this time. We don't take it lightly, God, that you have allowed us to make it here. So we simply say thank you. We simply worship your name. We simply magnify your name. God, we ask you to forgive us of our sins of today. Sins in our thoughts, our deeds, and our actions. Sins against your will, sins against your purpose, and sins against your plan for our life. We ask God that you cast those sins into the sea of forgiveness, never to be remembered again. And in return, God, we give you all glory, we give you all honor, we give you of ourself. We give you 100% of ourselves on this evening. We ask God that as we get into your word on this evening, that you open up the mind, that you open up the spirit, that you open up the heart to receive revelation from you. That we become students of the word, for your word declares to study to show thyself approved the workmen who need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word, the word of the Lord, the word of truth. Your word also declares that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holiest understanding. So we thank you, God, in advance for what you're going to do, for what you've done, and what you're getting ready to release into the atmosphere on this evening. Now, God, take me and hide me behind your cross so that your people will see none of me, but they will see all of thee. They will hear none of me, but they will hear what thus saith the Lord. Take the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart and make it acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. You are my strength and my redeemer. I worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you, God, that somebody will get delivered, somebody will get healed, somebody will get set free. We thank you, God, that somebody will come into a right relationship with you on this evening. So, God, 
we stand here, we begin to worship, we begin to praise, we begin to honor you by learning your word. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Jesus the Christ, it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Do me a favor while you're here. Lift up your Bibles, lift up your cell phones, lift up your iPads, whatever you may have. And repeat after me, Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear today, I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name, somebody say in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise, amen. Like I said, get your Bibles out. We got a lot of words to get into tonight. And last week we started off this series in the book of Mark, dealing with encounters with Jesus. Last week we talked about uh, the four men who took their paralyzed friend and, and uh, while Jesus was in town and he was preaching in a house and the four men uh, could not get in the house in a normal way so they climbed to the top of the house, they lifted up the, uh, the paralyzed man and the Bible says that they ripped open the roof and they lowered the man down. The Bible says that the man was healed, that there was some there that was uh, that wondered why would Jesus do that on the Sabbath and why was Jesus uh, declaring that this man was healed and that his, son, his sins was forgiven. And But yet still the man got up, the man walked away, the man's sins were healed, the man, uh, I mean his sins were forgiven and the man's body was healed, amen? And so tonight I want to continue with uh, with encounters with Jesus in the same way. Amen. And so if you have your Bibles, I need you to open up your Bible right now um, to the to the book of John. Amen. John the fifth chapter. We're going to be looking at John the fifth chapter and we're looking at it from the uh, New King James Bible, the New King James Bible. We're going to read the first chapter all the way down from John, uh, John the first, fifth chapter, the first verse all the way to the 17th verse. Amen. Uh, and we're going to read that, and then we're going to get into a study of this word. Um, to give you a couple more seconds, John, one of the Gospels, it was Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John who told of the account of Jesus Christ while he was here in the earth. And John was the one that, that I, I suggest and I recommend for any new believer, if you start at the beginning of it and, and read about it, it talks about Jesus' deity. It talks about him and who he was. And the, the Bible says in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh that gives the deity to Jesus Christ and who he was and how he came into the earth. But for us right now, I want you to look at this scripture in the fifth chapter beginning with the first verse. Amen? Amen. And the Bible says this, after this, there was a feast of Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Amen? It said that Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And verse number two said, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep's gate a pool, which is called, which is, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Amen? Having five porches. Sorry about that. And these lay a great multitude of sick 
people, sick people, blind people, lame people, paralyzed people, waiting for the moving of the water. Amen. For an angel went down to a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in, guess what? First, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. He had an infirmity 38 years. And it said, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in the condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The Bible said in verse number seven, the sick man answered him and said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But, when, but while I am coming, others step down before me. Verse number eight said, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And the day was the day was the Sabbath. Amen. Uh, verse number 10 said, the Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. Somebody underline that. We will come back to that in a second. He answered them, he who has made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Verse number 12 said, then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take, your, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in, a multitude being in that place. Verse number 14 said, afterwards Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well. Sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you. Verse number 15 said this, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Yeah, I, I'm coming back to that too. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, and said, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Today, I really want to deal with and talk about the opportunities that we have to be healed by Jesus. The opportunities that we have to be healed by Jesus. An encounter with Jesus is one of those things that, that, that we got to realize that Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a deliverer. Jesus is a miracle worker. And we got to believe that because God is a healer. God is a miracle working God. Amen. And so if, if God is a miracle worker, if God is a healer, then Jesus has the same attributes as his father. And so now so many times we also really got to understand that when Jesus is not our healing source, we are paralyzed by hopelessness and trapped by self-pity. Amen.
If Jesus is not our healing source, and we, we, I, I got some questions for you on this evening that I really need you to, to, to buy into and dive into and answer for yourself. Uh, because we're going to deal with on this evening uh, things or other things that we seek after for healing instead of going to Jesus. Amen? Instead of going to the Father. Also, I need you to understand this, that when Jesus heals us, our lives can be restored. And we can be free through our obedience to God. Amen. And, and so now I need I, I need you to get I, I need you to get your, 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 your thinking caps on. I need you to understand this because in this passage we realize that uh, the Lord healed the individual physically at the pool of Bethesda and then he healed his soul in the temple. Amen. We, we first see that Jesus talks to him and tells him that he's that he needs to be made. I mean that he uh that did he want to be well. And we know what the man's response was. We know what the man said to him. But the first thing that we see is Jesus took an opportunity to heal somebody of an infirmity. Last week we heard about it where he healed the paralyzed man. But that was somebody that was brought to him. At this moment, we see Jesus in this text at the pool of Bethesda walking up and finding someone that he already knew the situation with, that he already knew what was going on in his life that he already knew what had happened and what had taken place but Jesus sought him out to heal him of his infirmity. Amen? Jesus sought him out to heal him of his sickness, to heal him of what he was going through. And, and, and in that process, my first thing that I really want to deal with and talk to you about is this, because I have some questions for you concerning this. Um, in, in, the first, in the sixth verse of this text, uh, we see that it says simply this. Um, it, it says this in the sixth text, because my first question for you is dealing with this. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Yeah, so 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 my first question to you, not not I, I don't need you to be so super spiritual for a second, but I need you to be real and ask yourself this. What might Jesus have meant by his question in verse number six? What might Jesus have meant by his question in verse number six? When Jesus said, do you want to be made well? That kind of sounds like an oxymoron question or a question that the man, that, that we already knew that the man would want. But I believe that in this text, that the first thing Jesus needed to identify was whether the man was complacent in his sickness and just wanted somebody to have sympathy for him. Amen. Jesus asked this man, do you want to be made well? Yeah, too often times in our life, there, there comes a time where we've gone through situations where we have enjoyed being a victim. Amen. We have enjoyed being the one that everybody says, oh, I'm sorry this happened to you. And, and every time that somebody tries to help us out of it, we constantly come up with excuses why we have to stay in it. Oh, I'm not worthy. Oh, I'm not okay. Oh, I can't do this. No, uh, uh, or other situations or things that happened in my life. Well, you know what happened in my childhood. You know what happened when I was younger. You know why I won't go to college. You know why I why I can't be a good parent. You know what I was raised up in. You know what everything happened to him. But Jesus. 
Jesus came to this man, first and foremost, I think to identify exactly what the man wanted and needed. Because he wanted to know, are you going to wallow in your, in your, in your pity? Are you going to wallow in your mess? Are you going to wallow in these things that, that has happened to you so far? Or are you going to realize who's standing before you right now? Yeah, uh, uh, a lot of times we, we'll, we'll constantly complain and tell God about our problems, but we don't really acknowledge who it is that's standing in front of us when we pray, who it is that we're praying to, who it is that has authority and has power, who it is that has divine right over every area of our life. Uh, too often we bring it to Jesus and we bring it to the throne of grace and we simply want to complain and tell God, do you see me, God? But we never say, God, I want to be made well. Amen? We never say, God, fix this situation for me. What must I do to have faith to believe that this thing is going to change in my life? No, I can constantly tell God about what's happening and what's wrong and what's going on right now, but how many times do we believe that God is a miracle worker? Amen? How many times do we believe that when we have this moment and this encounter with God, that God is getting ready to shift and do something on our behalf? Amen? If I had about 20 people right now that could really believe that God is in the midst of the situation and if you simply answer the question, do you want to be made well. I did somebody look at themselves, uh, not even their neighbor, but look at themselves, look at their own situation and ask yourself, do I want to come out of this situation? Yeah, that, that's a good question to ask because uh, it requires some work to come out of the, the situation. Amen? It requires you to think beyond where you've been. So not only that, we got to realize this, that in verse number six, that's what Jesus was asking him. But not only that, we got to realize what did the, uh, the invalid man hope Jesus might do? Yeah, uh, when we read this text, I, I think it gives us a plan of what, what he was hoping that Jesus would do. In verse number seven, it says this, the sick man answered him and said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. Yeah, so Jesus said, do you want to be made well? The man never said yes. The man said he came up with an excuse. He said, I don't have somebody to put me in the water. That's not what Jesus asked him. Jesus didn't say, do you want me to help you down to the water? Jesus said, do you want to be made well? Yeah, do you want, do you want to be free from what you're going through? Do you want to be free from the situation? Do you want to be free in spite of the current status that you're in? Do you want to be made well? And the man said, I don't have anybody to put me in the water. So the man was not even confident that if somebody said, do you want to be made well, that healing could take place. He only thought his healing could come from an outside source. Yeah, we, we, we know who Jesus was in our life. How many times do we simply don't trust that Jesus will heal us and we look for alternate routes to get healed? We look for ultimate things to get healed. And, and see, 
uh, uh, when in the process of this, the man said, I don't have, uh, I have no man to take me, to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. So the man constantly, re he repeated to Jesus his own actions from it. Why he couldn't get there. Why he couldn't heal himself. Why he wasn't the one that got into the water first when the angel troubled the water at the pool of Bethesda. Somebody always got in before me. Yeah, how many times in our life do we constantly say, yeah, we, we don't look at God is our healer. We always say, God, but you healed that person. God, but that person got blessed before me. God, but that person came out of this situation. But God, that person did this. I don't have anybody to get me to your throne of grace. I don't have anybody to talk to you for me. The, the Bible didn't say that Jesus asked him, who can petition me to heal you? The Bible said, do you want to be well? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the invalid man simply thought that Jesus would show sympathy on him. Maybe he thought that Jesus was going to stay there overnight <laughs> and be the one to get him down to the water and, and the next morning so he could get down there first. Yeah, that, that's what the... That's what the, uh, the, the, the invalid man may have thought. The, the invalid man wanted Jesus to do that. Get him to the water. When he didn't realize that that was the water right there in front of him. That that was the healer. I'm pretty sure the invalid man had heard, uh, uh, had heard the stories. I'm pretty sure the invalid man had seen the testimonies from others that, that talked about this man named Jesus. But when Jesus came on the scene, I, I, I'm sure that, 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 that there was something, there was a commotion around him. That there may have been other people that knew who Jesus was that probably reached out to him. But Jesus went to that man and said, do you want to be well? I dare you to look at your neighbor, look at yourself and say, Lord, I want to be well. Lord, in my life, whatever I'm going through, I want to be well. And then the Bible goes on to say this, because then it gets tricky. And, and I'm coming down everybody's street tonight. I, I truly am. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come down every single person's street. So... If you're real religious, you may not want to stay tuned to this broadcast. You may not want to participate in Bible study with us on this evening. The Bible says in verse number 8, Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed, and guess what? And he walked. And the Bible says, and that day was the Sabbath. That means it was, it, it was Saturday. He, he was he was supposed to have been. Uh, they they weren't supposed to do any kind of work. They weren't supposed to do anything. We know the story about the Sabbath. We we know what day that was. We we know that the rules were that nobody was supposed to pick food. That nobody was supposed to do anything. It was supposed to be a day of rest. It was supposed to be a day of resting and, and in that place. But Jesus told him, rise up, take up your bed, and walk. Verse number 10 gets real tricky here. It says, in verse number 10, the Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath, it is not lawful for you to carry your bed. Could you imagine this scene playing out? Really? Really? Could, could you imagine this? This man had been 
an invalid for 38 years. 38 years. Matter of fact, I'm going to bring this to her. It's somebody that you know that has been on drugs for 15 or 20 years. It's somebody that's been an alcoholic 15, 20, 25, 30 years. It's somebody who has been uh, uh, caught up in different types of entanglements, that's been caught up with different types of addictions, that's been caught up with different types of situations in their life. And then they met Jesus. And Jesus healed them and delivered them and brought them out of the mess and the parallel and the paralyzed state and the situation and the sickness and the disease and the addiction and brought them out. Jesus spoke a word to them, not because they were so religious, not because they were so perfect, not because they were so uh, sanctified, not because of any of that, but simply because Jesus loves us and God loves us and the fact that he said that, that he came and stood in the midst of a, a, of a crack addict with a crack pipe in their mouth and said, do you want to be made well? And they said yes, and they accepted it, and, and, and they did this. Uh, 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 and could you imagine yourself in the place of the invalid person with things that have happened to you? If Jesus said, do you want to be made well? And he said, matter of fact, take up your mat and walk. Yeah, take up, drop the crack pipe and walk and live. Drop the fifth of Hennessy and live. Leave out the whorehouse and live. Leave out of the entanglement and live. Stop thinking that you got to grow up in poverty and live. Stop thinking that you got to be who you who your family lineage said you was and live. Jesus is stepping into the sea so that you can have an encounter with him so that you may live. Yeah, but 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 then you get to a place where you raw, you're, you're, you're getting your legs. It's like a baby. When you first see that baby stand up and take a couple of steps, it wobbles a little bit. It may not understand the strength of its legs or may not be confident enough in the strength of its legs, but it's going to try to wobble. Could you imagine somebody sitting there laughing at your child, telling your child, oh, you can't walk, you can't do this, and yet it's still the baby knows that it's doing something that it's never done before. And yes, it may fall. Yes, it may, it may drop down. Yes, it may get bruised up. But the baby will keep standing up trying to walk. But Jesus is in the same place in your life through the addictions, through the abuse, through all of that stuff where he told you that, do you want to be made well? And you accepted it. And he said, get up and walk and take your mat. Your mat defines your testimony. Your mat shows them where you have been laying at in your life. There's somebody right now who has been going through something and your marks describe your marks are the mat in your life and your marks say, you know what? I've been there. I've died. I've been through hell and everything else. But Jesus told me to get up and walk. And when I got up and walked, he said, don't act like you haven't been here and stuck in this place. Tell somebody you've been through. The Bible says that we are overcome by the words of our testimony. So take your mat and 
somebody needs to know. Stop telling people that you came from a perfect life. I'm preaching a little bit right now. Stop telling people that you live this perfect life. No, somebody needs to hear your testimony. Somebody needs to hear that you wasn't always sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to know that your car wasn't always in front of the church house, but it was in front of some so-and-so house. Somebody needs to know just what you've been, but now that you're walking, you take your mat and you take your mat so it can bear testimony of what you've been through. Yeah, see, it was a reason I believe that Jesus told him to take his mat. Because if Jesus did not tell the man to take his mat, guess what? Yeah, the, the religious people would have just thought that he was one of them. Yeah, somebody missed what I just said real quick. The religious folk would have thought that because he could walk, that he had no understanding of what it meant to be healed. But yeah, the religious folk said to him, mm, 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 Jesus, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I. The religious folk said to him in verse number 10, is it the Sabbath? Is it not lawful for you to carry your bed? Is it not lawful? See, I have a problem with the religious folk. Yeah, the religious folk didn't jump and shout that somebody had healed. This is not the first time we saw this when Jesus healed somebody. When Jesus healed the paralyzed man, they was mad because it was the Sabbath. Yeah, Jesus said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm, I'm, I'm not bound by uh, your, your, your man-made laws that you can't do nothing. I do what I please. If I want to heal you on the morning of the Sabbath, I'll heal you. If I want to heal you on my birthday, I'll heal you. If I want to heal you when I just open my eyes up and yawn, I'm going to heal you. If I want to heal you while you're in the midst of your sin, I'm going to heal you. Jesus said, I'm not bound by what you declare that I can't do on a lawful day. I, I'm bound by what I decide that I want to do when I want want to do it, how I want to do it. I'm not bound by time. I'm not bound by man's opinion. I'm not bound by uh, other people's testimony. I'm not bound by what you think of that person. I'm not bound what he did in his past because I love him. I'm setting him free. Somebody declared that he loves me enough to set me free. He, he loved me enough to tell me to walk. But the scripture says that, again, the Jew said it's not lawful. Yeah, can you get this? My next thing is this. If it were you in that position, how would you feel? How would you feel in verse 8 and 9 when Jesus said, Get up and walk and take your mat. I, I'm jumping, I'm shouting, I'm glorifying, I'm calling Pookie in them, I'm calling Mama in them, I'm calling everybody from that, that knew me since I was broken down. I'm calling everybody and say, look at me now, I'm standing up and walking. That's a testimony for somebody right there. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you gotta realize that, that, that in the midst of you getting up and walking, it's okay to praise, it's okay to work it's okay. Stop being so sedity. Stop being so sanctified and just think that you deserve it because when God does it for you, it's because no other 
nobody else can do it. No, there's no money that could have healed you. There's no uh, prestige that could have healed you. There's no social status that could have healed you. There's no person that could have healed you. No, because when Jesus is on the scene and you have an encounter with him, the healing that you get is because nobody else could have done it for you. Somebody say, I'm ready to walk. I'm, I'm ready to walk. But then do you understand that in 8 and 9, I would have been happy. But in 10 through 12, get this. Let, let, let me read this again, all the way to 12. It said, the Jews therefore said to him, who was cured? It is the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. He asked them, he who made me, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Verse number 12 said, then they asked, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Yeah, now they want to know. Now, now they want to know who told you that you can, who told you that you can that you can get up? Oh, that just felt something in my spirit with that right there. Who told you that you could get up? I, I didn't pray enough for you. Yeah, the, the religious people said, who told you that you was healed? Who told you? to get up and walk. And, and somebody uh, somebody really missed that right there. He said, who is the man to say to you, take up your bed and walk? And he said, I don't know. But guess what? He told me to walk. And I believed him enough that I got up and walked. And somebody really needs to know that in verse number 8 and 9, he was happy. In verse number 10 through 12, I might have been saying something that you really don't want to hear me say. Because you ain't going to tell me that, it, that I'm wrong for getting up and walking after I've been laying here for 38 years. You ain't never came down here and told me to get up and walk. You look over me every time you walk past me. Oh, who am I dealing with in the religion, in the religious folk? How many people you done look down on as you walk past them to go into the church that was standing outside that needed your prayer, that needed you to say, come on in here, child. There's a Jesus who wants to meet you. How many people can declare that, yeah, I, I was that person that was standing in front of the church and just wanted somebody to say they love me. And no, the church people walked in there with their nice suits on, their nice dresses on, their nice cars, their Bible tucked up under them. But I don't want to tell the person that got the Bible tucked under their arm. I want to know the person that walked in as the Bible, that walked up to me and said, get up and walk because God loves you, because God delivered you, because God can That's why I isolated you. That's 
separated job. So y'all can get out of your mind that it's just about that building. That you can come out of that building with my word on the inside of you so that it can be impactful to somebody. Who am I dealing with right now? Somebody needs to hear every preacher, every child of God, every evangelist, every member of the church tell somebody, get up and walk and carry your mats. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm preaching this thing. I, I'm, I'm trying to get to this teaching part. I'm, 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 trust me, I'm trying to get to this because in verse number 10 through 12, we see them trying to belittle the man that was healed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to get him to go back and put his mat down and lay back down. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, it sounds like they would rather the man, because it was the Sabbath day, to lay back down and not be healed because it was the Sabbath. Not be healed because it was the day that they were supposed to revere God on, but the biggest the, the biggest opportunity to worship and revere God is worshiping, worshiping him for what he just did for somebody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in verse number 10 and 12, that's what we see. How would you have felt in verse number 10 and 12? Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. My, 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 my next question to you is this. Ask yourself this, in what ways do people looking for spiritual healing, I wrote this wrong, what ways do people look for spiritual healing outside of Jesus Christ? Yeah, what, what ways do people look for spiritual healing outside of Jesus Christ? Why, why do I say that? Because in the midst of the invalid man being there with Jesus, the invalid man told Jesus that you got to get, you, I, I got to get to the pool. Jesus didn't ask him, did he want to get into the water? Jesus asked the invalid man, what? Do you want to be made well? He didn't say, do you want to take a bath? <laughs> he didn't say that. Jesus said, do you want to be well. Oftentimes we see people who are going through spiritual struggles, going through demon issues, going through demon possession, going through demon of oppression. They, they see demons in their house all day long. They see demons on the way to work. They, they know that they're fighting against demons, but instead of wanting to call on the name of Jesus, they want to call on the name of everybody else. They, they want to go to the, to, to the spiritual uh, guy over here and, and get a, a spell to wipe away the, 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 the stuff that's happening to them. They want to, they want to go to somebody else when, when it seems like there's a spiritual issue that's, that's taking over their house. That They want to go get the, the candles and light the candles and put the candles under their bed or put a glass of water with a note on it and all this other stuff that they hear from demonic stuff from witches and warlocks and, 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 uh, and palm readers and psychics and all these other things when they grew up learning of a man named Jesus that healed a man named Jesus that when the Bible said that demons tremble at the name of Jesus a man named Jesus that when you say Jesus that demons gotta, gotta flee but they rather go because somebody is getting 
material that they say this wards off this. This this wards away uh, spirits. Oh, I'm about to I'm about to offend somebody real quick. They they want to burn sage in a house instead of calling on the name of Jesus to clean out your house. There's no other name that I know that can remove demons in an instant. There's no other name I know that can heal your body in an instant. There's no other name I know that can cause a schizophrenic person to come back to the reality of it because of demon possession. There is no other name I know other than the name of Jesus that has the power to tear down evil forces, that has power to tear down strongholds. There's no other name I know other than Jesus that causes change in your life. I'm sorry to tell somebody the white witch can't do it. The black witch can't do it. The purple witch can't do it. The Neither this man nor his parents sinned, 
but that the work of God should be what? Revealed in him. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm getting ready to help somebody real quick. We see in this text that those that even followed Jesus automatically assumed that this man was in the position he was in because he sinned. I got about 13, 14 minutes. But every time that you're sick, it's not because of sin. It can be because God wants to show his hand from healing you from your sickness. Yeah, who am I talking to real quick? Stop beating yourself up because you think that you said, the Bible said we've all said and fallen short of the glory of God. So we all should be uh, uh, bed stricken. We all should be sick from something. We all should be going through something. But, but in order for God to get the glory, in order for Jesus to get the glory out of situations, there are some things that have happened in our life that God is saying, it's not because of your sin, it's because I want the glory and I want to show myself true, not only to you, but those that are around you. Amen. That, that Jesus answered, the Bible said, Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. That, that's a major statement right there because he said, Whatever you think they've done in their life, or whatever you think this man did, or whatever you think his parents did, it was not counted as sin to me. Yeah, it, it was not counted worthy enough to make this man blind because of his parents. It was not worthy to count this man blind before he came out of his mother's womb for something that you thought he might have done. No, I need to get the glory out of this, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. There are some things that we go through in life that are simply so that the works of God can be revealed in our life. There are some people who have gone through divorce, but God said, through your divorce, I'm getting ready to show you my hand to bring you out. Through your situation, I'm getting ready to show my hand to show you that Satan does not have you bound. Through whatever you've gone through in your life, I'm here to show my hand to show you that I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. Yeah, I know that they left you, but I'm bigger. I know that they called you everything but a child of God, but I called you fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that they said that you'll never be nothing. I know that they said that you'll live in poverty, but I'm raising up a generation that's not built on the poverty mindset, but it's built on eternal wealth with me. I'm, I'm here to declare to somebody right now that Jesus is ready to have an encounter with you. Jesus is ready to change some things about you. Jesus is ready to stop making you blind so that you can see. Jesus has come into the scene and he has stepped on, and he has stepped into your situation and he's done it so that you can have an encounter with him so that somebody can see that it's Jesus. The, the old song said it like this. It is Jesus in my soul for I have touched the hem of his garment and his blood has made me whole. I, I'm here to declare right now that we are in a position and in a place that even in this first 30 days of this month that you can have an encounter with Jesus like never before. I dare somebody to 
we say? It's time for me to have an encounter. It's time for me to have an encounter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why? Because get this. I need to ask you this question. Because going back to our original story, has your joy in God ever been squashed by someone, by someone's concern over religious rituals and traditions? Has your joy in God ever been taken away or diminished because somebody was more concerned that you didn't go through a ritual or the traditions to get to where you at. Yeah, I'm talking to I'm talking to some street evangelists right now that don't fit in sitting in the pew right now. Don't fit in with the three piece suit on. I'm talking to some people, to some prophets and some prophetess that don't dress nice, that don't have the high heels on, that don't have the, the, the button-down suit, but the word that you hear from God is authentic and it's been confirmed. And just because you don't look like the rest of them, just because you didn't go through their religious and ritual ceremonies and traditions that they try to disqualify you, but there are some people right now that God is building up as a remnant, that they're the, the, the cornerstone that's been cast away, that God is building his church on. There are some people right now that God is saying that I'm taking you and I'm placing you in this place and no, you don't fit. You matter of fact, you're like a sore thumb. You stick out. But right now because you stick out, I'm getting ready to do something major because when I turn it around in your favor, when I turn it around for your good, when I turn it around and not even turn it around, when, I, when you do a 180 and you begin to walk in the other direction, they're going to say, how did it happen for him? How did they get that place that they are in right now? What is it that they're doing? And you're going to say, no, you, 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 you cast me out, but let me show you that God, when you cast me out, God brought me in. Yeah, because the Bible says that man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart of man. See, oftentimes people look at religious rituals and feel like that if you didn't go through it their way, you're not affiliated with their denomination. You're not affiliated with their transition and transformation and their way of thinking that it must not be God working in your life. I came to tell somebody right now, those visions and dreams that God has been speaking to you, it's time to stop putting them away in books and begin to dream like never before. It's time to allow those visions to begin to impact every area of your life. It's time to allow those things to begin to get rooted so it can grow. It's time for the opportunity that God said it's not about what they did in the past, but I'm doing a new thing for you because you cannot pour old wine into new wineskins. So now I'm doing something new and it's nothing they might say it's never been done, but the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. And so now if it's under the sun, yeah, I'm about to use some words real quick. If it's under the sun, it's under my Savior. If it's under my Savior, who is the sun, that means God is releasing it. That means God said, Jesus said, Father, I have not lost anything that you've given me in my hands except the one that I, that was supposed to be. So if you are in Jesus' hands, 
I dare you begin to walk into the bank. And you might not be qualified in your own right, but God has already put your name on somebody's desk. God has already put your situation on somebody's heart. I dare somebody simply say, I'm rooted to grow because of my encounter with Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know this Bible study. I, I, I know it. I hope I'm giving y'all enough word to go along with this because this story is so filled with so much stuff. Get this. I ask you, has, has your joy in God? Yeah, because your joy in God has it ever been squashed by someone's concern over religious rituals and traditions? Let me ask you this. What did that, what did that do to you? Some people walked away from God because the religious people around them was too concerned that you didn't do it their way. And you said, God, I'm just not going to do it at all. It's some people that, that have lost hope in the blood and in their own deliverance that God has shown them because somebody said, you didn't come to the altar at my church. Somebody said, you didn't come through the situation with me. You didn't let me walk you to the altar. You didn't let my pastor pray for you. You didn't let this, but you know that you had a personal encounter with the master. You had a personal encounter with Jesus sitting on your bed during these last 11 months. You, you're not the same person that went into the pandemic. You, you are somebody new coming out. God is placing his word in your heart. God is placing his word on your mouth and you don't even know where it's coming from but God said greater is he that that's in me than he that's in the world. God said, I'll release my dreams and my visions to the babes, that they will begin to speak dreams, that they will begin to have revelation. I'm getting ready to do a new thing, and if y'all don't get aboard, you will get left behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that God is doing something new. Because a lot of times I need you all that have been cast out to realize that God didn't cast you out. But then let me ask you this, because I know, like I said, sometimes we sit around and, and, and we play the victim. But ask yourself this, have you ever done this to someone else? Have you ever told somebody that their healing wasn't real because they didn't they didn't come through the, the, the healing line at your church with their $100 tithing check or their $10 check. Have you ever told somebody that their healing wasn't real just because they still struggle with something? Yeah, have you ever told anybody that their healing wasn't real, their deliverance wasn't real because they had a relapse or a moment where they, they felt weak and, and because they couldn't call on you to pray for them, they couldn't have, they didn't have that prayer circle that they fell off and you said, see, I told you so. I told you that it wasn't real. I told you that they didn't do it the right way. But I told you that they, they should have prayed more. They should have did this. Or, have you, or are you the one that's constantly telling them, stand up? and walk. Yeah. I, I, I gotta ask you one last thing before we close out. Because we know God to be a miracle worker, we say it a lot, 
We, we say it all the time. But is it hard for you to believe in a miraculous God? Is it hard for you to believe in a miraculous God? Ask yourself why or why not? Is it because of everything else you've gone through in your life? Is it because you've seen people, you've lost people that you thought should have been healed? You lost people that you thought died too young or, or, or died from the wrong situation? Have you stopped believing in a miraculous God? Have you stopped believing in a miraculous God? Ask yourself that. Ask yourself this. How do you feel about healing miracles? Are you that skeptic? Are you that person that, that can see somebody or, or witness somebody say they were healed in service or even on the street corner and you all you're doing is looking at it sideways like they, that's a fake, that's a phony, that's this. We, we know that there have been fakes and phonies, but when are you going to get into a place and a position where you stop believing in them and believe in the power of God? God, if, if God can part the Red Sea, we believe that. If God can raise last, if Jesus can raise Lazarus from the dead, if Jesus can speak a word when the, when the centurion said, my servant is sick, and, and he told, and, and Jesus said, I'll come to your house. See, this is the faith that we got to have. The centurion said, no, I'm a man of authority. When I speak, yeah, oh Jesus, who am I talking to? When I speak, men do what I say. He told Jesus, just speak a word. And Jesus said, for somebody who was not religious, somebody that was not even a disciple of Jesus, but just knew what he had heard about Jesus. Jesus said, I have found no one with such faith. He said, by your faith, your servant is healed. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't about a religious ceremony. He didn't say, Jesus, you got to put on a brand new white robe and you got to come to my house and you got to come in singing alms and praise. He said, no, if I'm, if I'm believing for my servant's healing, I'm going to ask you to do it from where you stand at. If you are the son of God, like everybody said you are, if you are this miracle working God, like everybody said you are, you don't have to just come to my house. You can speak a word from here to my house. And my house has to shift. Oh, that's a word for somebody right now. If you just have faith the size of a mustard seed and say, God, speak deliverance in my house. I guarantee that your whole house can shift in an instant. I guarantee that if you say, God, I surrender all. I bring all that I am to you, God. If you constantly say, God, here I am. Here's all of me. Every issue, every flaw, everything that I'm having right here on my mat, Jesus will say, do you want to be healed? And your answer is simply be Yes, I want to be healed. Yes, I want to be healed. Yes, Lord, I want to be healed. Because it's not only the healing that's physical. Yeah, I'm, 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 I need you to get this. Because this is what it says in verse number. And I'm, I'm done right after this. What needs to be healed in your life? 
but I, I jumped ahead. How do you feel about healing miracles? Skeptical, hurt, angry, or excited? I, I, I'm going to give you the answer. You should feel excited. Stop feeling angry over somebody else getting healed. Stop feeling bitter because everybody in your life was not healed. Yeah, the greatest healing for someone that you've lost, I need you to get this, is to be present with the Lord. Yeah, sometimes we want people to stay here and continue to suffer because it soothes ourselves, our own heart. But the greatest healing is to be in the presence and to be in the bosom of the one who created us, who said that there will be no more sickness. There will be no more pain. Yeah, so sometimes we got to realize that in life. But, but I'm trying to get to this. What needs to be healed in your life? And I know we went over by a couple of minutes. What needs to be healed in your life? What healing sources have you sought? Because right now we can ready to go through a moment of being transparent. But ask yourself this final question. Do you want Jesus to make you well? Yeah, get this. The last part of the scripture says this. Afterwards, okay, I'm gonna go back and say, but the one who, I'm gonna go back to verse number 13. It said, but the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. So that means there was a lot of people there. He could not identify Jesus. And, and then it says in verse number 14, afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. And get this. He said, sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. It says in verse number 15, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. What is it in your life that you need to be well? It, it, it's very major to see what Jesus says. See, you have been made well. Sin no more. He found him in the place of a sinful man. See, this is where it was different from the man that was blind. With the man that was blind, Jesus healed him so that the works of God could be on display. With this man right here, he said, sin no more. Jesus knew everything that the man had been through. Jesus knew everything that he had done prior to those 38 years. The Bible did not say that the man, get this, I just God just spoke this. The Bible did not say that this man was an invalid all of his life. It said for 38 years. Uh, I'm assuming that this man probably was maybe in his 60s, maybe in his 70s by now when Jesus steps on the scene. So this man probably lived a life and something he was doing in his life caused him to be in this place. Why? Because Jesus told him to sin no more, least your sins uh, would be, at uh, least the worst thing come upon you. Yeah, so Jesus told him, if you go back into that, oh Jesus, who am I talking to? 
If you go back into that lifestyle that you lived before you got to this place, a worse thing is coming for you. Yeah, so oftentimes when we get healed, when God does something for us, when God releases a provision for us, we say, thank you, God, but then we head back to that thing that got us there in the first place. Yeah, you, you, God brought, God paid your rent, found a way to pay your rent for you, and you still took the money and did something else with it. Now you sitting, all your stuff sitting outside. Yeah, God uh, took that person out of your life that was, that was causing you grief and hell and heartache, but as soon as you got on your feet, as soon as you got your income tax, that's the person that you went and called back. Yeah, I'm getting real with somebody. That, that, that person that, that, that meant no good for you, that is, does nothing but use you and constantly talks about you, constantly demeans you. Yeah, as soon as you find yourself in a better settled position, you want them back. You want to bring them back in your life. Jesus said, no, once I've healed you and made you well, yeah, if you run back to that, yeah, yeah, nobody wants to hear this type of prophetic word. Yeah, stop running back to him. Stop running back to her. Stop allowing this situation to be a revolving cycle in your life. You have the power to fix this thing. You have a power. Jesus keeps looking out for you over and over again so that you can realize that he is your Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He is your Jehovah Nisi, your banner of victory. He is your Jehovah Shalom, your God of peace. You get down on your knees and you constantly say, God, I need you. I need you. And God keeps showing up. But once he shows up and fixes the situation, you run back to something worse than what it was before. The joker keep doing the same thing over and over again. He done took your car 20 times. She done took all the money out the bank 20 times. She done, he, they done continuously showed them a path of behavior. And God is saying, when are you ready to stop? Yeah, the last AIDS test you took that was negative. God said, I healed you. I set you free. And you still want to run back and be promiscuous. Yeah. I'm real about it. Mm -hmm. God is in a position and in a place that he's constantly healing you. This place that you are requires you to look at yourself like this invalid man whose eyes were fixed on the pool waiting for something to happen. He was disabled because he kept looking at the pool instead of looking at Jesus. What are your eyes fixed on? Yeah. Where do your eyes need to be fixed on? And ask yourself this, what will you do about it? Are you truly ready to have an encounter with Christ? Are you truly ready to experience him for who he can be in your life? Are you truly ready to put away all the things that have happened? Are you ready to leave them on your mat? so that you can see him for who he is. Yeah, he told the, the man to take his mat and get up and walk. 
But that map was not for him to go lay down somewhere else. That map was simply to say, do you see where you've been and who's brought you out? Your map is not a badge of honor. Your map is designed to remind you that you couldn't bring yourself up off of it. Yeah. Your map was designed so that every time you got too high on yourself, every time you made the, de the declaration that, oh, I can do this alone, that Jesus said, do you remember where alone got you? Do you remember where all of that happened first at? He said, I'm reminding you that I am the only one who has power to tell you to get up and walk and take the back. He put it like this in scripture. Take your cross, take up your cross and follow me. Yes, your cross can be heavy, but when you keep your eyes on me, I'll give you the strength that you need. So I want to pray with you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, on this evening, God, I pray that this word just not be looked at as a lesson, but it's an opportunity for the hearer to have an encounter with you. For the hero to stop sitting by the pool of Bethesda, looking at the water, watching the angels trouble, watching everybody else be able to step their foot in, watching everybody else seeking after that way, but you knowing that Jesus is your healer, and you're saying, I'd rather step in the water, I'd rather take my chance with luck than surrender myself to the one who has already healed, the one who has already delivered, the one who has already set free, the one who has already died. I'm tired of taking my chance with luck. Luck keeps costing me my spirit. Luck keeps costing me my mental. Luck keeps costing my emotional. Luck keeps costing me my physical. I'm tired of being the invalid laying here thinking that I can get to the water or thinking that I don't have anybody to help me to the water when I have a God that I serve that does not need the water because the water is not was created by him. So if he created the water, then he can create the deliverance to tell me to get up and walk. So, Father God, right now, set that captive free right now. God, tell them to get up and walk. Walk from the walk away from the situation. Walk away from the uh, drugs. Walk away from the alcohol. Walk away from all those things that are dealing with, that they've been dealing with, that they know is continuously holding them bound. God, allow them to seek after you. Matter of fact, God, meet them just like Jesus met this man that could not move. It is in your son Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you're not saved, I would be remiss right now if I did not offer you an opportunity for salvation. 
I know everybody, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on Periscope, you, you, you're, you're followers of me or you're friends of mine or friends of this ministry. But you may be doing that just because you know me or you know somebody connected to this ministry. But you have not given your life to Christ. It's not, a, it's not rocket science. It's not anything. As a matter of fact, it's one of the easiest things that you can do. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then you can or you shall be saved. Confess with your mouth. You're confessing your sins. You're making the statement that, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of the living God. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that not only did you die, but you were raised from the grave and you have the keys to death, hell, and the grave in your hand. And I submit to you in your will. The Bible says you shall be saved. That's the only people, that, that, that's who I want to deal with tonight. And those who need healing. If you are like that man by the pool of Bethesda, you need healing. Yeah, it's, it's okay to say, I want to walk. What is walking? Walking is your healing. Walking is your deliverance. Walking is your opportunity to stand before you. If you want to reach out to us right now, our text number is on the bottom of the screen right now. Our prayer line number is on the bottom of the screen. Text us, let us know. One, if, you, if you're just coming into the body of Christ, if you made that confession right there, we want to welcome you into the body of Christ. We want to welcome you as a new believer. Get yourself in a Bible-believing church. Liberty would love to have you. You can let us know. If you, like I said, if you simply text the word new to there or simply text the word prayer to there, we will get back to you and we will pray with you. We will rap over you. You will be part of our family. We can connect you if you're somewhere in another country or another state or whatever. We can connect you with resources. We, we are here for you because now you're a member of the body and the body looks after the body. Amen? Amen. If, you're, if you have received healing, if you have received healing and deliverance, God said, I love you. I'm here to heal you. And I thank you. Receive your healing tonight. Receive your healing right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, join us this Sunday for as we continue our anniversary. Amen. I'm, I'm giving two minutes and we'll be out here. As we continue our anniversary with my brother, Pastor Orlando Bagel from Center Point Baptist Church, will be with us and in the house with us. Amen. We are going to social distance and we are going to limit it even more than what we did from last Sunday. We're going to limit the in-house participation just a little bit more. So once again, um, if you want to RSVP, let us know. Text that number as well. That's on the bottom of the screen. And we will let you know if you can, if, if, uh, we have enough space to accommodate you. Amen. Um, we just want to thank you all that joined us last week for Pastor Willie Speak. Speak, excuse me. Um, and the vision of Pastor, he dropped the word in our spirit that has been life-changing. Amen. And so we're, we're moving forward and we're continuing with everything that God has called us to do. Join me next week for Bible study. I will not be preaching any Sundays until February 7th. Amen. We have dynamic preachers throughout this whole entire month. Um, I will give you updates or you can follow us on Facebook at LCCIMD. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, you can follow us on Instagram, you can follow myself at Pastor TV2 and those same platforms. Amen. Um, 
And as always, I'm going to leave you with about to say three things. Live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Go in peace. Amen.